0: (laughs) hello and welcome to doing time where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward today we have a special guest two people actually they run an amazing podcast about dating and relationships called Menage a Pod. Welcome, TJ and Jenna. Thank you. Thanks We're for excited having to us. be here. Yeah, you're welcome. How are you feeling? You okay? I'm great. He doesn't look okay, right? Yeah, I know. It, it happened in a in a, a lickety split. But. Yeah.
1: <laughs> for the listeners, um, he's literally sitting there like his face is red as a tomato and his hood's up and he's fidgety. Yeah. He knows he's going to be <laughs> under would you the- like
0: to leave? Is yeah. <laughs> are we are you a flight hostage? Whisk? Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think a pattern for me is like
2: running from confrontation, so let's get into that later. Okay.
0: So, first question I always ask if for listeners who don't know the podcast is how much time have you done whether that be therapy and a psych ward um time that you've had in your life where you're like this sucks mm. um so we can start with jenna
1: yeah that was smart because mine mine'll be fast i've been in you're therapy like, i'm actually
0: perfect so we can just move on yeah
1: that i am not <laughs> I've that's been very th- on brand for us. <laughs> 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 jokes i've been in therapy for for probably about seven years now mm-hmm. um And a couple different therapists because, you know, it was kind of hard to find one that I really, really liked. And so the one that I really loved actually was we started seeing during my divorce, my ex-husband and I saw her together. And then I was like, I get to keep her. Along yeah. with our friends after That's the divorce. That's what you got out of it. That's what I got out of it. I certainly didn't got get any all the money. money but... no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least I have the stuff. Yep, therapist. but I got the therapist and she's amazing. Um, but she was like a, a big lifeline for me, I think, after the divorce, which is crazy because like looking back on it, it was only what, TJ, like two and a half years ago? How long have you been divorced? We got divorced around the same time. Yeah. Two years? Yeah, two and a half years. Yeah, where it feels now like a lifetime ago and I feel like I'm in such a good place with it. But I certainly wasn't when it first
0: Okay. Happened. So when you found the therapist, were you guys going? You guys went together to yeah, okay, to try so, to save
1: the marriage. <laughs> right,
0: right. But you weren't in therapy before then, right? I was. Oh, um, okay. Yeah,
1: I was, um, but different therapists. And so, okay. sh- can I say her name? I don't know. She's not going to listen. This Rebecca is her name. Um, How dare you yeah. to diminish my audience?
0: <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <That's wrong. laughs>
1: Rebecca um, is my therapist now, and. I had met her solely because we were seeking out couples counseling. So I had my own therapist before this and then we met Rebecca for couples
0: counseling. Oh yeah, because I feel like you can't go to your therapist like that you've seen for years, yeah. A bio, they're obviously going to be a hundred percent right. Duh.
1: I would like to say that I was right through ninety percent of it. i yeah. I literally like look <laughs> at her. Of the therapist. Yeah. I like now in her sessions, I look at her. and I'm like, hey, remember that time? And then I'll repeat the story and I'll be like, can we just admit that I was right there? Now, now that he's not in the room, she's like, I cannot say that, but yes.
0: Right. That's um, what. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what all therapists do because they're all human. Yeah. You know, and they she all know. She's so great. She actually follows the podcast.
2: Of course she does. She We're listens. great.
0: Yeah, wow. she's great. Yeah, she's really great. <laughs> she so. wants to hear you talk more, which is, that's, that's uh, the biggest compliment Sweet. ever. Sure. I feel like my therapist after my would was like, Woo, I need a drink for and, sure. Well,
1: she actually told me I was drinking too much, <laughs> it, especially in the beginning of taping the podcast. Sure. I was always drunk. And so she was like, I would go in there and she'd be like, so I listened to the episodes yeah. and um, I think you might be drinking too much. Do we need to talk about this? And I was like. That's rude and Jesse, Just no content, your just job? like you're slurring your words. That's yeah. it.
0: It's <laughs> that's like all that's going on. We're, like, taking
1: shots during it. It's fine. <laughs> like, whatever. Um, um, so but.
0: do you... Okay, so you went to therapy with, yeah. your, with your ex-husband, mm-hmm. but... So what was... I mean, you don't have to talk about specific issues, but, like, what made you go to therapy? Like, did you hear, like... Of the therapist, when when
2: like. she was married or when she was single,
0: when she when she was married, and okay. you were like, okay, we need to see like a therapist, like at what oh. point, like yes. So I mean, please,
1: <laughs> I when I was well, okay, so before marriage, I went because my mom is crazy. I love her, but she's totally batshit crazy. Let's get into that, and we can get into it. Um, she's TG really going to do my job today. <laughs> Sorry, Thank you. she's very That's just me Jenna. hard to deal with, and um, are you guys similar? no okay. we're opposites okay. and she growing up was very um very manic and I think she was bipolar mm-hmm. but she never got diagnosed yeah. until later so she had postpartum and then went from being postpartum to just not getting the meds that she needed because right. this was you know back in the 80s maybe like mm-hmm. she just it wasn't a, it wasn't as prevalent back then I think yeah. and it um, wasn't and
0: like my mom my mom even was saying help if she got a therapist, that would be like, like everybody would know and then also judge her for it.
1: A hundred percent. And so she wasn't medicated the way that she should have been and her moods were all over the place and she just wasn't very kind. Like, it's interesting. Now we have a very different relationship, but growing up, before she got it under control, she just wasn't very kind. And and she was the mom that would go to bat for me when it came to education because she was a teacher. So she'd go to bat for me, but she wasn't like warm and fuzzy and like snuggly right so she wasn't the mom that would like kiss your boo-boos that was my dad
0: um
1: and so she was (laughs) like like,
0: I also had that this is why I'm mentally healthy (laughs) yeah (laughs) I had the balance I
1: honestly my sister and I joke about it all the time we're like the only reason we have any like emotional stability is because of our dad
0: that's amazing
1: um he was a good balance yeah And each other. My sister and I had each other. So I think that helped a lot, too. And she's six years older than me, seven years older than me. So she was basically like my mom growing up. But um, so that was always crazy. So that's why I had started therapy, just because we had such a weird relationship. And what I learned in therapy through my divorce with Mm -hmm. lovely Rebecca, it all comes back to your childhood, right? So anything that's like you can always really pinpoint a trauma in your life or just things you've dealt with, right, like in your childhood is what manifests usually as an adult. It's like, mm-hmm. obviously it's stuff you haven't dealt with For or sure. whatever.
0: Do you think like, can I just ask a question? Cause yeah. I don't know. Like when people say childhood, like what is childhood? Like age range. Like, because I feel like there are certain things that affect me more since I've been older. Like sure. like middle age, uh, That were way, more, I don't remember before that. I, I yeah. honestly,
2: I honestly, and I've been reading a little bit about this lately is that it's, can, it's variable honestly by the person because uh-huh. people obviously mature at different ages but right. you're still sure. like you can t- you can be impacted by formative traumas that are very like arresting in your d- development towards adulthood like mm-hmm. late in your t- 17 18 I mean even t- 22 23 like yeah. you're not fully formed as an adult at that point right. and and traumas you face even then now, yeah. yeah for sure definitely like those are going to repeat themselves if you don't deal with them properly as you go forward
1: yeah. yeah and as early as like if you read that attachment style book I think oh, it's called attached. Oh, yeah. Yes, um, it's as early as like a baby, right? You can be a young baby, like one, and it it forms sort of how you view the world. It's crazy how you can fuck up a child, which is what I think right. is so scary. I about also being think a that parent. some
0: of those things you don't remember come out in dreams too, like 100%. where you think of it and you're like, oh, something did happen to me. I just like really don't know. Yeah.
1: Or it could just be, like, buried so deep that you just don't want to deal with it, and then it comes out in weird ways, right? Yes. And so...
2: Repression's a real fucking thing.
1: It really oh, it is. Totally. And so one of the things that kept happening in my marriage, he was lovely in a lot of ways, but there are a lot of ways that he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, Rebecca always says to me, and I've repeated it to TJ before. Do you know what I'm going to say? You don't know what Blow I'm my say. mind. Um, is... <laughs> Through the divorce, right? Because I had a very specific mother type. And then um, and there I saw their dynamic as a relationship where she was the crazy one and he was the one who, like... Love I don't like up. to use her crazy. That's not right. But what I, what I mean by that is, like, she was the one who was just um, explosive. And right. my dad was, like, the very, like, calming force. Mm-hmm. And so um, I saw that dynamic and I married that. Mm. and I repeated it's not unusual not Girl. unusual it's really
0: not unusual no. like it's way more common than you even if it works totally. out it's it's totally like what yeah
1: and then I dated it so after the divorce I dated it over and over and over again and what she said to me was you're Wait, so but were you used- the
0: calm and they were the explosive yeah one? okay that's what I because you said you're not like your mom so I went, okay yeah
1: and what she said to me was you are um, even though you know it's wrong And even though it stresses you out and like it causes you all this grief to be with people like that, you seek it out because it's what you know. So even though it's complete chaos, I thrive in chaos because it's comfortable for me. And even though it's chaotic to other people, I know how to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've dealt with it my whole life. So, you know, when he would explode or like sometimes he'd get drunk and he'd like throw things, right? And it just got aggressive and, I was used to that behavior and so I just automatically like and in retrospect I would see I could see myself doing it where I automatically take a deep breath I like get quiet and then I like try to like drop my voice a couple octaves so it's like soothing and it's a weird I did it to you in the car but it seems like it's
0: instinctual but it's
1: instinctual where like I it's just like a weird thing no I know and I a know a lot behavior. of people with
0: mental health issues can relate to how they thrive in chaos, especially people who date, like, in abusive relationships. Not saying your relationship is abusive, but even in abusive relationships, people, like, will say that they, that's what they like. Because once it's calm, they're they like, know. well, what's oh. there to do? What's my purpose? What, what am I doing? And that's, that I completely relate to that just because of, like, what I've been through. Yeah. And I know that, like, the little things never, like, they're way bigger than what most people would do. But if, like, someone dies, I'm like, oh, everything's cool. And then, and then my dog not walking, I'm (laughs) like, I want to return my fucking dog, dude. (laughs) Why will my dog not walk? But like literally like my cousin died today and I'm like, everything's going to be okay. Like, and it's, I'm not saying that that's like, you know, but it's just, it's like, I am so used to not bad news, but almost the proper way to deal with it because that's all I know. And then once you come to the little stuff, you're like, what? What? Yeah. What? What do you mean? I have to walk my dog that doesn't walk? Like yeah. it's just it—it brings up such a different type of anger versus like what you're used to. Is like, oh, I know how to deal with this. This is normal. Yeah, totally. And I think I had to retrain
1: my brain to not be attracted to those people. So then you start to see the flags, the red flags, and the behavior patterns and things yeah. like that. And then you start to, you know, weed them out faster. But. I mean, I've been divorced now for, like, two and a half years, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think I've got a more solid handle on it. I mean, we all make mistakes, obviously. I'm going to – we slip up. But I think, for the most part, I've learned enough about myself and about what I need um, and all of that through therapy and just, of course, learning experiences. Right.
0: And how do you, like – so – do you realize it when it's like too late or do you realize it before okay so like yeah. how did, did that like that just obvious i mean i assume that just got better over time just from like a dating trial kind exactly yeah and homework, like
1: she should give me homework she loves to give me homework my therapist and of like exercises to do and things right. to look out for when i meet people mm-hmm. and like when I would well, come in, yeah, it's intense. I'm like, that, but no, but that in.
0: helps you look at it at a more logical level versus like I'm like, love is blind. Totally, you know, totally. And like, she's
1: awesome because she's super realistic. Because like, like she'll say to me, like Jenna, not nobody is perfect. Everyone's got their shit. Oh, yeah. We know that, right? Some people have more shit than others. What is important is not the shit that they have, not the amount of it, but how they deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, which feels like a good segue for you, TJ. Um, but it's all, of, about.
0: it's all. They're of, doing my job yeah. for me on the podcast. I'm just having you know. i actually. I'm gonna. You guys can take it away. We're professional. How much time? Just ask him how much time. I don't know, if you know what we have a podcast.
1: Um, yeah. So, and that's what I thought was. You can really, find it on
0: Google Play and Spotify.
1: Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I think that's what was really important about what she said was because because. I think the knee-jerk reaction is to overcompensate. So then I was going out with people and be like, nope, that was a red flag, I'm done, I'm Oh, Enough. yeah. And she'd be oh, like, well, wait so a hard. minute, right? So right. she's like, you can date someone who's a recovering alcoholic as long as they're in AA. You can date someone who's had anger issues as long mm-hmm. as they're going to therapy, right? Like, they're, there's great Because areas. she understands, right, right, that everyone's got their shit. But I think what it really comes down to is how you're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And if you're dealing with it, because it's super right. easy to just ignore it, you know, and pretend like it'll get better or never date. I
2: gotta those put people. my hood back up yeah, right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, am I
0: triggering you right now? <laughs> she just does the like Kenny from South Park and slowly <laughs> pulls his strings. Um yeah. That's I think a lot of people can relate to that because it's it's really hard to know am I being too extreme and and just avoiding, or like, let me look at this situation realistically, because you have to take your experience out of the situation which like is the hardest thing to do because you're a part in it but you have to look at it and be like if i was a person from the outside like standing at a bird's eye view would i date this person or would i be like no because of whatever red flag that was actually a red flag or am i or is this just a red flag because my therapist told me to look for you know it's like hard to to decipher
2: i think even if you are the type of person who is like If you're still healing and you're hardcore avoidant like that like oh this is a red flag therefore i need to like recoil from it that in itself speaks to you not i think being ready because if you are whole and you are like feeling mentally healthy then i think you can more rationally and objectively like look at the situation yeah and be like okay this is a thing that i i identify for the trigger or whatever that it is but now i have these coping mechanisms and i acknowledge it like we're all kind of fucked up this person's like doing their thing to be better so it's not the yeah, worst and, thing in and the world. i think
0: every person who's gotten to the other side of mental health or like gotten through depression where they're mentally stable is that you're able to look back and be like i wouldn't have made half those decisions if i was mentally healthy like there are so many things i would have been like i would have been in a completely different like
1: oh I who knows where they would have been sure. kidding. I would have been out of my marriage in a year I, yep. wouldn't, yeah, have would have I Can, wouldn't have even yeah. married I
0: wouldn't have dated him for a year and I would have
2: been done If I was able right now to just eliminate every bad decision That I ever made in my entire life My life would be this Me being born and then me walking in here to record this podcast <laughs> today The rest of it was all just like me fucking up
1: Hey, what
2: about You're podcasts? great, our podcast is great too okay, You thanks. should check it out, Menage Pod Yeah, that's
0: Oh great. my god <laughs> He went into We're such, a, went into such a podcasting minutes. voice. He goes pod. This whole d- demeanor change.
2: Oh man, I just swapped out one of my nine different personalities.
0: <laughs> he's not kidding. Ha 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 ha. Um, okay, so going off of that, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Um Mr. Deflectant. <laughs> mm-hmm. How much time have you done?
2: Um so actual th- <laughs> Okay, amount of time I've spent very self-aware That I'm damaged and probably need therapy I'd say that's like most of my adult life Amount of time I've actually been in therapy Eh, two years maybe
0: Okay
2: Maybe Directly in the aftermath of my divorce as well It wasn't like a particularly horrible divorce But I have like a ton of like childhood trauma And like crazy shit from my youth that I, I always felt like as someone who was like I feel like I'm an intelligent guy. I like, I've done a lot of research. i but I realized there's a difference between like being aware of your problems and actually right. like doing anything to like tang, like change actually it. change it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I went to therapy for like two years and it was super good. I you remember go after your divorce. Yeah. And it was okay. funny. I remember my first, uh, my first appointment, the therapist, I was like, I remember telling friends and just being like, yeah, I'm going to do this. Cause it's like, I feel like the right thing to do, but I don't know that I'm gonna get anything from it. Cause like I'm self-aware, I'm not repressing anything. Like I know all this shit that happened. Like I'm good.
0: Yeah, you're in charge of you.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, very oh, much yeah. in charge of me, in charge of the world when that is me. So I go into my first therapy appointment, and we pushed it like the full hour. It was basically like within 30 seconds I was in tears. By like minute three, she <laughs> by like minute three she was crying. We both cried like the entire way through, and then she was just oh, like. My God. Can I have your phone number? Because I'm very concerned about you. Like, do you have a cell phone number?
0: Oh, so and she like, like was like, yeah, oh yeah, it was bad. She was like,
2: yeah. this dude needs some work.
0: It was in a. Al- well, no, it was just like you know, there's certain protocols that they need to take. Sure. Like, this is past. Yeah. This is past the level she of sending like, him home. I'm not sure <laughs> yeah. about yeah. this guy if I'm gonna see him again. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, it was honestly. Let's just
0: get his phone number so we feel we did the just right can- thing. <laughs> Maybe she wanted to like drunk text you. You don't know.
2: She was older. I don't think oh. she don't was know. I don't think she was trying to come for the D. I think she was like don't oh. kill yourself, buddy.
1: All right. My option was nicer, but okay. For sure.
2: <laughs> we're not here to be nice. We're here to be real. Be both. Okay. All right. All right.
0: Can we right. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but mm, really um yeah, so your therapist you saw after your divorce for, yeah. for 2 years because you were like but so what okay, so you went in with that like, "Oh, I got this." And then you broke down because you were like, "Oh no, I really need like did, what question triggered you?" Well, was it I a think
2: question? yeah, so like, I mean, you know, you've been to therapy and the yeah. standard like they almost always are like, "You know, let's start at the beginning. Like you you were born, here we are. Tell me about your childhood." And I had talked to like some friends and like maybe like two or three romantic relationships in my life like knew the depth of like shit I dealt with as a kid, and it was never like so I felt, like, okay with it, but it never felt fucked up until, like, I told this lady and, like, saw how she reacted to it, and then I was like, oh, yeah, this was, like, fucked always up. always takes somebody else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I actually – it's funny because even, like, after I left therapy, one of my best friends, my friend Robin – she's totally cool with me saying this um, – I would, like, tell her stories because she's definitely, like, in the circle of a small handful of people and now most of the people who listen to your podcast who know this shit – Um. And I would tell, like, we'd have, like, these deep emotional conversations, usually springing from, like, us talking about our shared therapy experience. And I'd, like, tell her stories, and she'd, like, cry, and I'd be, like, is it that bad? And she'd be, like, yes, it's that bad. Like, wow. y- you poor fucking dude. And, yeah. and so I was always, like, and I think, and that was literally just in the last, like, two or three years. So, but
0: you, you always end up calming them down. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, oh, wait, no, it's fine. And they're, like. They're like more fucked up about it than you were.
2: Oh, and, and making yourself and even like, and if you have that sort of background and you make yourself vulnerable to people you date, it's like, I'm definitely like making it more priorities. I get older and I was in like a really meaningful relation to me like recently and pretty early on in that. um, I like she had come to visit me in the burbs one night. It was like, I, that's like a big deal. Like I generally, like I Are date you
0: crying yet? can you see, I can't see if he's crying. Yet. No, I'm good. Oh, okay.
2: I'm like, I date primarily in the city yeah, yeah, Yeah. I, d- I date primarily in the city. Um, so I don't ever ask like women to come out to the burbs by me. Like, right. I just don't do it. Like, it's like, why would they want to, the burbs suck? Fuck it. Fair question. And this girl like was, went out of her way to like, come down and see me. And, uh, that day we spent like the whole day together and we, we definitely like talked about trauma and I like made myself vulnerable in a way that I've literally maybe only done like twice in my life. And it felt like it was like the most fucked up feeling in the world And her behavior in the first like week, although it wasn't really different, in my like crazy person head, I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, she's recoiling. Like, I just like, I laid it all out on the line for this woman that I clearly care about and she thinks I am a fucking lunatic. And realistically, it was like, she had just, her furlough just ended, it was like her first week back at work and like all these other things were going on, but in my head, like had I been like, maybe still in therapy, or like (laughs) doing these productive things for my mental health, I would not have immediately been like, oh, this person I care about thinks I'm a piece of shit because I had like a rough childhood. And that's totally where my head went.
1: Do you know what else you could do? What's that? You could listen to your friend Jenna every time she tells you good advice. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I might have said that if, to you. If I had a
2: dime for every time you gave me good advice, I'd have approximately 20 cents.
1: No, you'd be a fucking millionaire. It's more like if I had a dime for every time you took my advice. <laughs>
2: Mid, like tons. Of We'd have no dimes. Cause yeah,
1: you never take my advice, even though the only dimes would be just, the three of us that sitting he here. Crazy? We just, yes, we just said this in the car. It doesn't matter what I say to him. He says it's my delivery. I just think it's me. There's something about us that like I don't know what it is about our relationship, but like it has always been like this since we met. It like it's something about me that he doesn't. I don't know if it's that you trust or that you don't. Agree with, or he thinks I'm aggressive, like, mm. but I could literally say it in ten different ways, and we're getting it, into the shit right and now. And it wouldn't matter. no. I like it though, because it, it, it's, it's me. It's when it comes out of my mouth. Well, but what he literally is it just, from
0: past shit of you guys, or is it something triggering because of something you've been through? I think you know it's more saying?
2: just triggering from things I've been through.
0: No, because yeah. that could happen where it's like sometimes it's like there's people that I don't like when they're right, even though I'm so fucking close to them. And I'm yeah. like, God, it, well,
2: like, it's just like a, and I'm, I don't know. I, I like, I'm like a dude, I'm really driven and a lot of my drive comes from like thinking everyone thinks I'm a piece of shit. And God. I'm just like, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God, we got a lot to work on. So, <laughs>
2: so I would like, so get I, my notes. <laughs> so I just like get it. I like always like grind, grind, grind. I do like try to do all the things, but I don't know why the fuck I brought that up. I just lost my train of thought. Um,
0: you said mm-hmm. a lot of your drive comes from, like, your... Oh. Uh, everybody, you you want to think or you feel like everybody thinks you're a piece of shit, so you, like, are driven to, like, almost, I don't know if you want shit. to fill in the blank, but prove but wrong with or, friends. Like, you well, should be able
1: to... No, we should be I, able yeah, to have
0: conversations
1: where I say to you, hey, buddy, here's sort of how I Oh, I remember where happening. I was going with this. In a logical okay. way. Yeah. But he just said he wants me to listen and not give him any advice. But I think, what kind of friendship is that? I can listen to you sometimes, but if I didn't... Tell you when you were being a dummy. What kind of friend would I be? <sighs> I say it in the no, nicest I, way, no, but like I, I, well, sometimes I, no, you, need,
0: you need that. Because it's like a mom. But You're I, but, say, but I do you have think it. about if you, if somebody was supporting the bad decision, not you, sure. In like a scenario where somebody was supporting the bad decision that you were going to mm-hmm. make, and then they went and made it, and then they turn around and they're like, oh, they watched me and let me and told me to do that, yeah, and they let me marry my ex husband's wife. But that's like, like a what? slow resentment that sure. yeah. because you're like, you don't tell me and I you hate when they're right, but it's just like with my roommate who I'm she's my best friend, so I'll do stuff and she's like, It seems like you need to work on this. And I'm like, Whoa. Sure. I get upset because I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, like I I am this way, or I do need to work on this, and that sucks, but she wouldn't that wouldn't be a good friend if she didn't tell me that. Because I then she would just kind of let it happen and be like, Oh, let's Drew goes on a mirror and she's growth is part of life and you need of course. to grow.
1: I think you have to know, I think maybe part of our thing is sometimes you don't think it comes from a good place, mm-hmm. and I don't well, know why. I know what it is. But it always comes from a good place
0: to, like, I don't know, help as much as I For can. For sure. Help you on, maybe see it from a different perspective. perspective. Sure. And, and somebody that, that and in knows you and right. knows And she it. does
2: know me yeah. really well. But I, I, what I, I remember what I was going to say before, and it pertains to this, is, like, Because of that sort of like imposter syndrome and inferiority complex that literally fuels everything I do in my life, whether it's like pursuit of career, pursuit of hobbies, pursuit of women, whatever, it's all very much like driven by like, I got to prove everybody wrong. Mm. And because of that, criticism from certain people delivered in certain ways is like super hard for me to take. And it feels like very attacking because, because since I perceive almost everybody's opinion as like a potential slight, like this, like. Not, okay, like, you guys, I don't. But, like, say I'm out. Well, you sometimes, Jenna, but not Drew. I don't know her well enough. But if you, like, said something about me, immediately I would be like, oh, she, like, dislikes me. And then it becomes, like, very personal. And I think it's hard to, like, disassociate the someone can dislike a quality about you or a thing you've said or a conversation you're having, right. but not actively like dislike you. It doesn't invalidate you as a I person. Think,
0: I think since if you deal with mental health issues, you're automatically black and white. Like it's always like, oh yeah, if they don't want like one thing, oh, it's over. That's end of the relationship. Everything's done. It's very like Shots fired. zero to a hundred because you're so used to dealing with like, I guess just extreme emotions. And part of depression and anxiety is just like on un- unstable mood. And that's what yeah. creates the anxiety. So I think that's something that's super hard, especially like getting crit- I mean, we can all relate to like, we never want criticism from like the people we love the most because it's super hard to take because it's like, or well, if you're a true cycle well, like you don't want me, anyway. Who's going to like me or who's going to support? We'll see. I decision. think a lot of this know. comes
1: down to, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, but like self love, mm-hmm. like being comfortable in who you are and how you feel. So hard. And your emotions. It's so hard so and it hard. takes so much work. And. I don't want to tell everyone how old I am, but I'm in my 30s. And it took me into my 30s for me to understand how to do it. And honestly, when I learned the most lessons was after the divorce. Because I think I kind of became stagnant in this fucked up relationship. And I just sort of like, you kind of go numb. You just get through your days. Right, right, right. And then afterwards, it was like, Mm, i I had to live with it and i had to sit in those feelings and i had to have those panic attacks on my kitchen floor and i had to like not i like didn't sleep for like four days in a row because i just couldn't yeah it was a mess but but you have to allow yourself to go there i think in order to get to like this place of loving who you are being comfortable who you are being okay with feeling those feelings, but also being able to pull yourself out. And I think sometimes that self-love will help with an imposter syndrome or like worrying about what people think about you. Or, you know, we talk about it in terms of dating a lot on the podcast, because it's like, if you get rejected, it's like, fuck you, you're lost, I'm moving on. Or you just weren't the person for me. That's totally fine. And it's a healthy way to look at it instead of internalizing it and getting totally, sad. Totally. Right?
0: And that's, that's like... That would be really so t- great t- to be able to do that, right? It takes a lot of work because Hard. it always, it always starts with you. There's no amount of running away or moving and it's yeah. like wherever, and it's the cheesiest saying, but it's like wherever you go, there you are. And sure. it's, yep. it's, it's so true. And like, yeah, you know, running away could help temporarily, but in the long term, it's, it's, it's not going to help. And it's super hard for people to, uh, I guess, unpack any type of, like, repressed emotion like that or, like, trying to chase and stuff like that. Um, I think even, like, part of the stuff that I deal with personally is more just, like, I don't really feel like I even know myself, if that makes sense. Like, I – and I've never really talked about this, but I just feel like I don't. I feel like I just do things because I'm told that that's what – Sure. Is How old are you? 23.
1: Oh, my gosh. You have so much time. I know. At 23, I didn't know shit. And I was just out partying all the time, having all the sex and drinking all the booze.
0: <laughs> like, it was destructive behavior. Times yeah. 10.
1: Or maybe not because I was 23. No, and that's, that's what you do in your everybody 20s, Everybody right? does something
0: different. But it's just like, for me, I feel like you've got time. It's hard for me to get through stuff because sure. people say stuff about me like, you're this or you're smart or you're this. And I'm like well, I just do that. That doesn't mean, I feel like an imposter. And I, that's why I relate to you on that. Where like, I don't feel like any of the decisions I make are genuine there because it's like, I feel like I'm living in like a script, with, like an acting. You are because sure. you're 23. Well, yeah. And it's just yeah. like, it's yeah.
2: I, I think that one of the things with mental health is like you, you saying this is its effect on identity Mm -hmm. like not only like you said you don't feel like you necessarily know who you are you act in a way that you're just like acting that way because that's the way you're supposed to act not necessarily because it's like an authentic thing Mm -hmm. I think when you do struggle with mental health issues what your identity becomes is like those issues and a lot of times Mm -hmm. people see you for like oh you struggle with this or you struggle with that and and you're labeled like oh you're bipolar or you're this or you're that Mm -hmm. and you start to think, like, okay, these are, like, the actions, like, these that normal people do, so I'm going to do these normal people shit, and then I'm going to be a normal person. I'm not going to be, like, whatever label you've been given, and I think it's right. just, like, the tie between that and identity.
0: No, that's, like, a thousand percent what it is, because I'm always, like... I always felt like, especially with my issues that I even talked about on your podcast, like I always felt like I wasn't taken seriously because I was always the funny one. So I was always like, oh, let's just make Drew captain because she's like the team therapist and she's funny and then let's put her in here and let's put her in here. And it's like, I was always the clown almost where it's like, I didn't even like get like attention from boys because I was just like the funny one. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I think that that always was running with me so even when I go into jobs and stuff I like purposely will try to be that way so that I'm seen as that. It kind of like represses like the real part of me almost. Yeah. Um and I don't know if like you can relate to that but I always am, like oh yeah like tr- like even just like people at the company like even who are higher up like they'll say my name and just start laughing and I'm like oh that's just what and it's great. Like <laughs> I'm not good. I would there never are worse be like to be known for. That's True. Of course. Of course, it's great, but it's like I've I think that's my imposter thing. It's like I almost succumb to that because that's who I am. So sure. even when I'm angry, I'm funny because I can't show my real, you know what I'm saying? I have to be funny because so. I have to make up for my sure. real self. And or if maybe being funny is a coping mechanism, Yeah. right? Right.
1: Totally. Here's my prediction for you. I'm going to just say it now. <laughs> I was going to save it for the end, but I feel like this feels good right now. <laughs> my prediction yeah. is is when you hit 30, I'm going to say 30, Um, because there's like this quiet, um, like energy about you. Like I know that sounds weird. I don't want to sound like hippy dippy weirdo, crazy person. No, but like there's something about your energy and your vibe that's like very mellow, but like this like burning strong person, right? So I feel like when by the time you hit thirty. You're gonna like really hit your stride, maybe even like late 20s. You're gonna really, I think, settle into who you are. Oh, thank you. I'm and glad you're gonna record it. I'm gonna, yeah, you're gonna go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let you. me know. Reach back out to we're, me we're a putting couple it, we're years. i Time there, stamp again. this. Does anybody yeah. have the time a time stamp for that? Yeah, but no, but I, I I appreciate you saying that. And I think sometimes I do think about it that way. I also wanted to obviously like get back to TJ and, um, you know, your experiences. Cause I'm deflecting from Mr. Deflector. Mm. So, but I wanted to ask you, like you said that a lot of your stuff that you, cause it's interesting. Cause I don't really remember my childhood and stuff. I remember my late childhood, which is kind of what fucked me up. But sure. like you said that your childhood fucks you up. Like, and that, and then you said that a lot of the things that you talk about in therapy are like what happened in your childhood. Like, are you able to go into any of that? And like, sure. you don't have to go into every, yeah. Everybody knows on this podcast you could talk about Whatever yeah. you want and not talk about I, whatever, I think
2: the most formative thing um, my, like my mom and dad Divorced when I was pretty young and their divorce Was fairly acrimonious and I had like an older Sister and then later two younger half siblings But we were a pretty large age gap um, My mom after My mom and dad separated She was an alcoholic and she had like a ton Of terrible behaviors and she was like uh, Always new men And Every dude that came my, were around, like, by then my sister was like, 12 or 13. I was still, like, 7 or 8. And every dude that came around, like, part of their all their ploy was, to like, oh, get in with the kid. And so these dudes would, like, every guy that came around would try to act like my, like my dad, like, the minute they came over. And it was always, like, awkward and weird. Yeah. And when people eventually, when... There was a more a more prominent, recurring character, a guy who my mom eventually married. He was, like, a super abusive dude, alcoholic, cocaine addict, used to, like, literally, like, beat the shit out of us all the time. Oh and this God. went on for kind of a long time. And then the culmination of that, when I was, like...
0: Th- How old were you when they were married? Um, or together?
2: Well, they started dating when I think I was, like, 11.
0: Okay, so you, like, remember, it? Right? Oh, for sure. you know, for sometimes sure. it when you're younger and it's sure. but... You
2: know. Oh, and he was, like... He was, like, the worst human being ever. Um... Yeah, they they started dating when I was like eleven. They got married around the time I was like thirteen, and then the
0: when I was fifteen. Thirteen, regardless of anything in your life, mm. thirteen is.
2: Oh yeah, it's it's nightmare. formative time, and yeah. he eventually like my when I was like fifteen. So there's like a couple things. I mean, I'll go I'll go back and talk about whatever, but at by fifteen, my mom uh, we were like struggling. We were definitely like, a very low income household, okay. and she was like yeah, you know, I'm going to send you to stay at this friend's house in Naperville where, like, I need to find a new place for us to live. And while I was in Naperville, like, three or four days later, the friend she was supposed to be staying with, like, called my older sister crying. And my sister was, like, on her own by then. She had to get married at a young age. And it was like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, your mom left the state with that dude, the guy who's like, our abusive stepdad, and just, like, left me at these people's houses. So for, like, the rest of my high school time, I was like... Guardians, my sister eventually got guardianship of me, so that shit was, like, super fucking formative.
0: So you didn't live with your, like, mom
2: and... Or my dad, yeah. Okay,
0: so where was your dad?
2: Uh, They just, he got remarried when I was young, had another two kids, and then really wasn't super active. just,
0: like, was, like... Wasn't
2: super active in their life either, and honestly, it's funny, I did stand-up, like, last Wednesday, and I hadn't seen my dad (laughs) in, like, two and a half years, and he showed up to it. Oh, it was rough, man. You want to talk about fucking traumatic?
0: Wait, what?
2: Oh, yeah, I was fucking... It was jarring. Like, I will be making sure he sees no post of this podcast existing because he does oddly check out everything I do. Oh, my
0: God. Okay, wait, can you go
2: into
1: that? Sure. before you go into that, can I just tell you how proud I am of you? (laughs) Okay. I'm serious. I know these stories. I know these stories because you told me these stories a long time ago. Sure. But I have been trying to get you to tell some of them on our podcast
2: that's and different
1: I, i've like well no i think this is uh, the beginning of growth for you can we mark the time sure time i marks. think this is you you growth for we you.
2: did our testimonial for drew and what her life's gonna look like 10 years you. in advance and yes.
1: and yes i'm very proud of you continue
2: um Just trying
1: to be encouraging
2: I appreciate it. So wait,
0: what? So he just like this is like every story I heard. Did you hear? So on uh, the last episode, Zacho talked about his yeah, I to his it. Dad for like, sure. multiple years, and then okay. just showed up to his graduation. He's like, "Wait, what?"
2: Yeah, you want to talk about yeah. jarring? It's fucking no. Jarring. It,
0: it's just like why? Yeah. Like re- like wrong time. Yeah, really.
2: And. Just, <laughs> I literally all
0: places you're like I I actually my act was about you so
2: I'm well it's funny because a lot of most of my act is about like dating apps and being a man horror and <laughs> I was just like I looked at my dad like so I'm sitting with the owner of the of the place and a previous guest Dario Durham and all of a sudden the like d- doors open and I see this older dude in a mask and a beard and he's like looks like an old wannabe yuppie and I'm just like dad.
0: Wait! Oh my God! That Can you imagine? That would
2: yeah. The fuck and then off. two, com- and it was such a funny thing. Like two comedians that night made jokes about my dad showing up.
0: Oh my God! Did they, but I'm sure people didn't know. that No,
2: was- no. But it was so funny. It was really funny. That's
0: crazy. So okay. So you went through that, and then how does that? So okay. So you like your dad has remarried early. Yeah. Which and there, happens. and that's already and then, fractured. Right, One. and yeah. then he had a couple of kids. And
2: my youngest sister died when she was 21, too. My half sibling.
0: Oh my God. Okay. Do we have enough time? <laughs> yeah. Um. No. Okay. So, <laughs> your half sister.
2: Yeah. So, in two, this is this story, I, I'll make it like the two-minute version, but it's wild. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. So, uh, me and a best friend of mine worked at a liquor store for a long time. When we were younger. I worked there through college. The owner had like no living relatives. He eventually died and left us the store okay. and. It was kind of crazy, but the day he died, I had actually been sick for, like, a month. Like, just mysteriously sick. Didn't know what was wrong with me. I was running, like, high fevers. My body just, like, felt fucked up. Like, I was, like, going through a thing. And I didn't want to really talk to anybody about it. I didn't know, like, what was going on. And then this Saturday, like, I just couldn't handle it. I had, like, 104 fever. I was at her store. Oh and this woman who's a regular customer... Coronavirus
0: wasn't... existed. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, and it wasn't corona. It's worse than that. Yeah. Um, so she... This nurse comes in and she's like, "Oh my God, TJ! Like, you look fucking terrible. Like, let me get my like home care bag out of my car. I'm gonna do a quick like exam on you." And as soon as my fever was like 104.7, and she's like, "As for an adult, to have wait, a fever,
0: standing went to work." Oh yeah, and I'd had a everyone fe- else is pissed because now they're like, "We're gonna get sick." <laughs> but he's like, dead. "We
2: worked. No, there was nobody else. We oh, worked oh, all oh, the hours. Oh, oh. Like, if it was your day, you were there from ten in the morning to eleven o'clock at night." Oof. Um, and so I got real like, I. I'd had, like, over 103 fever for, like, three solid weeks, and wow. so I finally, like, I, I call the owner, and I'm he can't get in touch with him, I'm trying to get him to come to the store, and I finally call my buddy, I'm like, hey, man, can you watch the store, like, I might be dying, like, I gotta go to the fucking hospital, right. so I go to the hospital, immediately they're like, we think you have meningitis, like, we're gonna do a spinal tap, so they do, like, the lumbar puncture, and I'm there for a couple hours, like, waiting for results, and I did have meningitis, and... Wow. My buddy calls me He's like Hey man I found out Why well, you couldn't Get in touch with Scott That was our friend doing in the store I'm like Why what's up He's like Oh he died On his couch This morning And so then like what? This is a Saturday oh and, my god. and so like Five days later The following Thursday While I was still In the hospital My 21 year old sister died
0: Oh my god
2: And at first My family didn't even tell me Because I was like Sick as fuck They thought right. I had encephalitis Because my fever Was so high for so long And so then like My literally like One of my first days out of the hospital Was for my sister's Memorial service So it was like It was pretty fucked up.
1: So can I just say something about these stories? Sure. Knowing these stories, which I knew before this, I think helps me on like when we argue and we're not even dating, but like when we (laughs) are, when we argue, I, I feel like knowing those stories is a way to kind of help me understand where you come from, right? So like certain things that happen or certain ways you might act or things that might drive me crazy, I think, well, this is probably why, right? And then I can understand it and then it makes me try to understand you more, but then also like...
2: When do I get to figure out the reasons behind the things you drive me crazy I don't
1: know. Once you're in therapy, maybe.
2: Okay.
1: (laughs) I had my first first
2: televisit today, so... I'm so excited
1: for you. I think it's Mm. going to be great. First therapy
2: today in like a year and a half.
1: But I think what's interesting about what you're saying is, is that I think um, in a relationship... We've
2: hijacked you.
1: Sorry. I just think this is so interesting because this is the first time he's allowed me to talk about it on air. Um Honor. I think what's interesting though Honor. is that like I would think that if you share these stories with more people first of all Well, I mean that's
2: what I'm doing right now. That's
1: what I'm saying. Sure. So like you're getting more comfortable with cool. it obviously, which is part of like owning who you are and finding some self-love, right? Because you're not going to like if you keep pretending these things didn't happen to you or don't exist. Yeah, but
2: I don't think I really do that pretending,
0: <laughs> but Are you pretending like, like you pretend like it doesn't yeah. have no i mean i think i'm
2: like pretty, telling, I mean, I'm pretty okay. about it
1: like telling a lot of people right and like sure. i think when you date someone it allows someone to understand
2: but it's also not something that know. i'm gonna like run down the street and be like hey guys childhood no. trauma check mm-hmm. me out like you tell people when it's no it's just to tell it's them. more sure. of
0: like it's more of like learning about people's past experiences help you so much even though you want mm-hmm. to be like oh yeah i'm fine that doesn't affect me it really it re- subconsciously it really affects you sure. and i don't i never want to admit that because i never want to be the person that's been labeled as this girl or that girl this girl that's been through this and i think that it always kind of will come to the forefront if you don't if you don't talk about it, of course. or if you don't, or it just really helps people understand why you make the decisions you do, Right. Yeah. and even if they're good, I, like a lot of the things, you, like you're driven by feeling like you're a piece of shit. Maybe you feel like a piece of shit because of the shit that's gone on in your life, and you assume that those people are right, and what happened to you is right, and for sure. during things that you internalize, you react because of that. Certain, or the reason well, you're so
1: smart is because you want to prove them wrong.
2: I yeah. mean, I'm so smart because I'm fucking brilliant. Let's not <laughs> short of the there. He's also
1: very modest, in case you couldn't tell.
0: Um, very modest. Well, it's
2: it's funny because like. this this most recent relationship that like recently ended, I had never, I I'd like told friends and told relationships like 70%, 60%, half versions of stories, but never been like fully vulnerable and once I did it with her, it was like, I felt after that first week of spiraling uncontrollably because I didn't know how she was reacting to it, I felt more like supported and secure in telling someone that I like ever had before And what's funny is what eventually ended up, like, sinking the relationship is, like, me not being in therapy. It was, like, Mm -hmm. in spite of having a relationship that, like, for all intents and purposes, is, like, a solid relationship, and people around us would say it was good, and we both seemed happy and fulfilled, her expectation of, like, me missing the mark on, like, dealing with, my shit and like owning my self-care and she leaning into myself she said it like a lot and that was finally like the reason she gave she was just like dude you should have been in therapy like, this whole time the shit you've gone through that's not stuff that like you go for two years and don't go again she's like i've been in therapy for like right, 19 right. years and the shit i went through is not even like a tenth of what you went through
0: yeah. mm. that um your girlfriend and you kind of ended things just because because probably needed
2: i needed some more time yeah she just said that like the types of therapy that like substantive change that you need to make that's not stuff that can like happen and she's like and i think for people who i'm close with whether that's like romantically or people that i'm friends with like i think a lot of them would be like yeah sure he could benefit from therapy but most of them would also say that i'm like nice and a loyal friend and that i have like Good qualities
0: right and from right, her right. point of
2: view it was like not that i was lacking in any of those other ways it was purely just that she perceived my like lack of self-care as something that was like for her for her to be bought in she wanted to know that i was bought into myself and she didn't feel like that was the case
0: that's a lot though i like that but that's that's hard you I mean, it was you hard. Gotta, sure that's a lot for it was
2: sure our, our, The day because i <laughs>
0: think and not and not to say anything bad about her because she seems great i this is just my only thought is that it might be hard um, for someone like me because I'm very I feel like I'm very similar to you I a lot of the things you say sure um,
2: yeah we're crazy as fuck
0: I think <laughs> I think right. I do concur I do, but I do think that like sometimes when I'm fully exposed to someone and then they don't respond the way that I want them to because I just feel my whole guts and this is my whole life and sure. why aren't you taking me seriously and why can't we things go back to normal like I like the only option is to kill myself like it's like because it's so vulnerable and you're putting everything out there and then when they don't respond the way that you want them to. You're like, wait, so I just did this for nothing. Right. And for this to end, which makes even what I exposed even worse, because now I'm feeling like this relationship... It's hard. Like, I don't know. I just... I relate a lot to that.
2: Yeah, and honestly, like, we didn't date for a super long time, but we were friends for a long time beforehand. Okay, that makes sense. I was like... I mean, we very much... Like, I was in love with her, like, crazy in love with her. And so I... The, the ending of it was brutal. And you definitely... You think, like, okay, I... This this emotional deposit essentially that I made in this relationship By making myself so vulnerable about this like formative and crazy fucking thing That is obviously like such a huge factor in like who and how I am on a day-to-day basis And now like two months later or six weeks later, whatever it's not happening anymore And you're like oh man that was really like a hard thing to go through And now a, a part of me is like oh man was that for naught Does that
0: feel like rejection of even like what you went yeah, a little, little bit. bit, and I think, and not in a bad way. Like I understand, no, like her
2: on her end, she but. was like super great about being like, look, I don't. One of our last conversations, she talked at length about like being so like I want you to know that the things you told me, like none of that has anything to do with this. And she like literally mm-hmm. like, line by line, like why those weren't things that were impacting her. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, thank you for that. It <laughs> helped a little bit. It's like guardrails. When, you play, when you're you like bowling and they put the bumpers up, like that yeah. was like the bumpers for me getting my heart destroyed. Right. Is that dramatic? Probably. I'm a wreck.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> no but it, it makes sense. <laughs> I, I, I get so, it. Well, I'd like to
1: talk about the flip side of that. Sure. Is that um, Drew, you can understand how he feels and how you feel so exposed. But I'm gonna just take her side for a second to give some perspective because I don't think it's wrong for her to ask for what she wants, right? Like totally. that's what you're sure. about yeah, yeah. in therapy, and if she's she's been married, right? Yeah, of course. And so I'm sure she learns. <laughs> We're following. That that. Makes, no, that makes I'm sense. Sure no, I get these that. Things, right, and, right. And she's setting boundaries and saying, "This is what I want. This is what I expect. This is what I need. Right. Whether that is totally. a financial thing or an education thing or a mental health thing or whatever. She's setting her boundaries and saying, this is what I expect from somebody. And we may not be there yet. And that's okay. But this is what I want. But right. it also
0: but in, in the positive note, it also goes back to what we were talking about before. where It's like if a good friend would tell you if like there's something that needs to be done or like this sure, is yeah. what you don't want to hear. And it sounds like she's doing that for you a little bit. For sure. You and know, I think in just the a end, little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think in the end, this is going to be good for you may suck right now and you may be really hurt right now but it might be the kick in the ass that you've needed to do the work sure who knows I mean, if it's the catalyst i'm all for it i'm not hurt right now. Thanks, lady for breaking up with my friend
2: <laughs> i'm not her right now i'm already on bumble come on
1: shout out
0: oh my god
2: i don't know what hurt means shut up swipe <laughs> swipe 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 okay, swipe all right if you see me on bumble you did not hear this you did not hear any of this. Yeah. Just swipe right and take your chances.
0: Um, I love your trauma showing right now. So <laughs> wait, your first, your, your first telemedicine appointment was today?
2: It was, yeah.
0: How was it? What perfect timing to come here?
2: Yeah, it was it was. It was. It right. was I mean, yeah. so, like, I'm hesitant on the tele part of it because, like, <laughs> as I've learned trying to podcast remotely through a pandemic, I really like people, and I like Looking at people in their faces, and I like like feeling the energy of a room, and I know. and whether that's for like comedic timing or whether that's for like feeling a genuine connection with the people you're speaking to, being in the room makes a difference. And our podcast, if you're going to listen to it, guys, only listen to the most recent episode or skip back like six months because the remote <laughs> episodes they're not great. If I'm being yeah, honest, that was tricky. And that's how I kind of felt about telemedicine. Is it's like, how can I? My therapist retired, so it's like a brand new therapist. And how can I feel a connection with someone that I don't know, that I'm not seeing, that I don't like their body language, I don't feel their energy. And I'm I think saying you're an empath is like hokey and cheesy as fuck. But there are things about me that I like I feel are very empathic. And a big part of how I cultivate like every relationship I have is like just feeling people's energy yeah it's and like, everything it's yeah. really
0: it's really difficult and doing therapy online feels like Fucking a sucks. job almost sure. yeah. like it feels like oh i have to log on it yeah. just kind of sucks and like go with like the thing i struggle with i, I literally just talked told you guys how i was diagnosed with narcolepsy and like i would cancel half my therapy appointments because i was like tired and i wasn't <laughs> even depressed like i was doing great i just wanted to talk about shit but i would like cancel them because i like needed sleep or whatever and so i feel like getting through that sometimes and wanting to cancel and going was such a huge step Mm -hmm. and then feeling that like even feeling that anger and talking about like how it sucked to get here whatever is a huge thing versus like oh I gotta get on my phone it's such a like task it's like a checkbox it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real
2: it doesn't and it's not like I mean I feel like I took a step like, I feel like it's meaningful in that I know it'll be good for me to be going to regular therapy, mm-hmm. and so even if this doesn't work out to be the person that I like or that I continue with or if I try out other people, whatever, whatever that case may be, the fact that, like, through a combination of, like, self-acknowledging that there are things I need to work on and through the input of many people who are close to me, including people that I, like, deeply care about, and just realizing, that, like, you have to, like... It's funny, on the way here today, I was, like, thinking, I think a lot. Like, when I'm in the car, I'm just like, oh, brain, shut the fuck up. And I was just thinking about, like, (laughs) I sometimes will say things in my head. I'll be like, that sounds so cheesy, but it's real. And I was in my car, and I thought, for all the external stuff, and, like, obviously I love the podcast, and I like trying to break into stand-up, and I like attention from women, but all that, like, external shit, none of it is super real. It doesn't, like, validate anything about... Your life, or anything about you, and starting to like look inward. And I think like over the last couple of months, even short of going starting to go to therapy again, I've been like looking inward a ton, and I've like made some pretty good changes in my life. Like I lost twenty five pounds. I stopped biting my nails after like thirty oh, some years. Congratulations! That you.
0: one. I'm like losing twenty five pounds, biting your nails is <laughs> the hardest thing. Well, Zacho
2: makes a joke about the only. It's the only thing harder to do than quitting heroin. It's like.
0: <laughs> It's so hard.
2: And I just don't know, like, I I started making these changes and a part of it was, like, self-motivated. A part of it is, like, because I want to, like, show outwardly that I'm, like, doing what needs to be done. But the sense of, like, peace of mind of being like, okay, this thing that I hate and that I, like, wasn't looking forward to and that, like, going to therapy again, I did it. And, like, although the today's experience wasn't like great yeah it at least like represented a step in the right direction and like right. tonight when i leave here and i like go home go to bed i'll be like oh i did this like thing that i dreaded and that i didn't want to do and like this is the first step on what will hopefully be a lot of steps
0: yeah sometimes doing things that you don't want to do is like a big step For and, sure. even if it's therapy like i i even tell my therapist i'm like i really don't like i literally just came here because like i had a to... Like, I, did, I felt bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel bad. Like, I, and I don't know if I say that, but in my head, I'm like, I hope she knows I don't want to be here. Like, I'm like, I hope you feel, I'm just like, yeah, it's like, and I don't, I just sometimes don't, I just don't like it. Like, and I, yeah, I do it because I, really? I, right. I just feel, yeah, yeah, I just sometimes feel like, not like my life's going good, but sometimes when it's going good, I'm like, do you want to talk about my childhood? Like what's, what's yeah. bad that we can bring sure. up? And it's, and, but I think that that's a common feeling of people who go to therapy is that sometimes there isn't a lot, but then sometimes those times that you go in will help the most.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you had just said like that you've, um, uh, you were talking about when you, when you go to therapy, sometimes you feel like you're just doing it for them. Right. And for me, it's like almost the opposite. Like I feel bad. Bad for my therapist. Usually, (laughs) like I swear to God. Like I remember, like I'd be at the end of them, and I'd be like so emotionally drained, and I'd look at her, and I'd just be like, "I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. Like I feel so fucking bad. Like I am sure when you woke up this morning, this last hour was probably not what you signed up for." But I
0: think that that's like partly what how you are, though, because it sounds like you're always like thinking about like every other people and what their needs are, and you're not evaluating yourself and being like. Wait, I just got this really good session. Fuck the therapist. This was amazing. You know what I mean she you're just not made thinking for hour right, like think about it, and maybe that helped her with her experiences, like you never know, and therapists are all fucked up. They all sure. do it for a reason. I wanted to be a therapist. My look at me a like it's yeah <laughs> like I mean. it's just you they're they're human too, and you have to realize that like that could have made their experience- i mean I worked with kids with autism, and sometimes they, I mean that shit was hard, but sometimes they made my day a lot better and I'm like, wow i don't realize what I take for granted or even what they're going through like at sure. home and I'm like oh this helps me with this because this it's just you learn a lot from other people and I think that you don't put yourself in their shoes in a positive way because you're when you have depression or anxiety you're always thinking of the future and negative and sure. how you could have negatively impacted them even though like she she probably is numb to everything
2: dude I would even like I would go to appointments and. Well part of my Other part of my personality Is obviously Like I have no problem talking And (laughs) I Most of If I'm on That's why I frequently say Like since you know We do a dating podcast I say all the time Like I've never Literally Almost never Have I had a bad date Like ever Because I can carry a conversation Like I can talk to people Pretty easily But the the reason why i'm like that is it's like a defense mechanism over like anxieties and inferiorities and by being able to like really dominate certain aspects of a conversation it allows me to like really curate a narrative that like allows me to be pretty like meticulous and mm-hmm. so when i go to therapy sometimes like they don't talk like they're not talking they're just giving you like prompts and i'm just like fuck i didn't want to say much today but here i am like 30 minutes into this and i just like (laughs) keep just saying shit because she won't say she's like not giving me anything back
0: right and oh my god yes the part of my brain that is like
2: anxiety spiral plus the part of my brain that is like people pleaser and i'm just like she wants to hear my words let's give her all my fucking words and i'm just like blah 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 blah
0: I think that ha- wait that yeah I don't know if you can really because you go to therapy too but like that is that's so true yeah because I feel like sometimes I'm just like wait do you like I need to go work because like I don't know about <laughs> you I you should go to your next appointment because like I have nothing to say Yep. my right. dad still sucks and my brother still does heroin like let's move on <laughs> like it's just like fuck off dude yeah. I don't I don't know what else to say yeah because it's it's hard and like I think part of even imposter syndrome is like i always have to be interesting sure so like even if you're bored in like you have to always like prove to them that that you're And part of your interesting self is that you're fucked up. Sure. And so you always have to bring that up. And sometimes when you're in those sessions, you're just like, wait, so how can I twist this? (laughs) (laughs) So I seem like I'm going, like I'm strong and going through something when it could be just like, whatever, or I'll bring up something that like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, whatever. Like I, I recently got hit by a car and like by, yeah, I I didn't say anything, (laughs) but no, no, I'm fine. But like, I'll bring up shit like that. where like, we'll be like 10 minutes into our session. I'm like, well, yeah, like yesterday I got hit by a car And she's like, what? (laughs) Like, sometimes I feel like I... Obviously, I don't do that on purpose, but sometimes I say it so nonchalant so that, like, I feel like they're okay and that I'm still interesting because I'm strong enough to get through that and not act like it's a big deal. Does that make sense?
2: It does. Okay, because,
0: like, because I I mentioned it and I was like, wait, I should have, like, probably mentioned that in the beginning, but I also said it later because I wanted her to get through her thing. (laughs) Like, I just wanted to be considerate of, like, that and then also not be... Well, but no, but I don't want to also be, like... The client that's, like, throat... Just, like, diarrhea that's of the map. It is their job. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe I, I maybe I am too think, considerate of other people's opinions. Yeah, but I, I
2: think that's, like, super common. I mean, if you have mental health issues, whether that's, like, you struggle with fairly common, simple things or whether you have, like, deep, severe yeah. trauma, yeah. a big part of that is, like, growing into a... And, yeah, this ties back to identity. Like, for me the podcast is a great example. The way you know me, you're going to know me different. And Mm -hmm. like, as someone who's like struggled with a mental illness, it's like, you have to be very careful that you literally don't become like five separate people. It's like, there's like podcast TJ, there's like dating TJ, there's like work TJ, there's like whatever. And there's, I think all of us have some aspect of that. Yes, yes. So many different identities. Yeah, but a lot of that comes from wanting to be everything to everyone wanting to like yeah. please everyone wanting to like fill literally literally feeling responsible for like the happiness and enjoyment of like all of the people <laughs> you're around therapist. all the fucking time
0: <laughs> like i just even i was like well i can't mention it right away so i gotta wait yeah and then she was like well so what's been going on and i was like well like yesterday i got hit by a car on my bike and like it was an SUV and it was going 45 miles per hour, but, like, how's your day? You know oh what God. I mean? Like, Maybe I just, you're just,
1: like... a good storyteller. I just <laughs> wanted to build up the suspense. Yeah,
0: I just... I think I am obviously considerate, but I think it's gotten to my head where I'm like, well, I can't mention it right away because I got to give her... T- like, it's, like, a all-about-other-people thing, yeah. even though that's the hour I'm supposed to be all about me.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know, like...
1: I think therapy's interesting in that way, right? Because, like, it's funny to hear you talk about it. I was never like that. I just was like... Uh, it, I have issues, and then even when I would go in and not have issues, she would somehow. I'd be like, I have nothing to say to you today, <laughs> and she'd be like, Okay, what's we'll about your weekend? And then I'd start talking about my weekend, and then it would like spiral, and you'd, I would you'd just get to a trigger, get right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Right. and I'd be like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> but the problem with therapy are is when people think that they're too smart for it. So my ex-husband...
0: Can we talk about that? Let's get yeah. into it. Thank you. So my you. ex-husband
1: was <sighs> famous for this, right? So one of the things that we had a big issue with was he had a lot of things to deal with. He had anger issues. He, um, I got to be honest, I'm going to say this because he's not going to listen. We're not connected on social I'm anymore. I'm sending it to him for sure. But I think he was a little <laughs> bit of a sociopath. You timestamp that? Yeah. A little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> a of a sociopath. Um, because he would say things like, um, I sometimes do things and give you the emotion that you want because I know it's what people would do mm. and not necessarily how I feel. And I was like, "That's eh, a problem. Right, um, right. And it's a... I mean, like, what's your real emotion? And he, like, wouldn't have it. Rage. He just, like, acted out. It wasn't even rage sometimes. It just was, like, nothing. And so what I found out he did, so right before we went to couples therapy, um... Right before he went to couples therapy, he um, had said to me, I was like, hey, listen, you know, I think you and I both have things we need to deal with that are our shit on our own. Okay. So why don't we go to therapy separately, but then we can also see a therapist together. Mm. And so for the year before we decided to actually see a therapist together, we were going separately, two different people. And he basically said, um, well, I don't know what he said during his therapy, but when we were going through a divorce, he turned to me and he was like, I didn't even, he's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I didn't tell my therapist a lot of stories. Because we were in like, when we were in couples therapy, I was like, did you tell this story to your therapist? I bet you didn't. And then he's like, no, I didn't. And I'm like, no, I know you didn't because I know you. So Mm. what you did was you crafted this very careful story of who you are this narrative that you wanted repeated back so basically he was telling her things for her to say i think you're unhappy in your marriage you should get out because he needed the validation of somebody who was a professional to say of course this isn't healthy get out but well, he no. was only telling it's verifying the, the
0: version that of
1: him that he wants to 100%. be 100% and I was so pissed when I found out because I was yeah, like, why the
0: who fuck are you in therapy? Right, right. Really... You just yeah.
1: wasted a year. Meanwhile and money. I was in therapy to try to figure out how to be a better wife and partner and communicator <laughs> and all these things and he You like, come out like alone, you're I like, Where, where like, is he? Like, <laughs> deal with this and he's like, I want a divorce and I was like, Well, that is not how I thought yeah. this going but Noted.
0: Oh um, my gosh! <laughs>
1: it just was. Yeah,
0: it's crazy. Sent to do his
2: forever home.
0: Like, it is oh. crazy. My
1: mom did the same thing. Like my mom in therapy, like tells her version of the story. It's not even like a. We always joke. Like my sister and I always joke. Like if you believe in reincarnation, she's a fish. Like her soul is a fish, which is like the lowest you can be because like she has like zero. God damn. She's like zero. Like. Self-awareness. I've never met anyone like it. I love her. I love her because she's my mother. Right. But there are... No, so, it's, yeah. it's she's hard. your favorite fish. Yeah. She's my favorite fish in the tank yeah. for sure. But, yeah. but she does the same thing because she just like, you know, she wants to be right. She wants people to validate her story. So she's not really going to get
0: the help that she needs. <sighs> she's people. going to feel and validated. That's, and that's like... And that's the whole entire thing with people who don't... Who are too smart to get therapy. And it's not... It's the stigma, right? Because if it was just, like, going to school, everybody would do it. You'd be like, why aren't you going to school? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's – I think it's it's such a stigma about it. And then it plays into ego because, for me, like, my, my – and I'm hoping – and I probably know that none of my, like, step-siblings or dad listens to this podcast, but it's just, like, it's frustrating when my dad's from St. Louis and, like, the Midwest – like, St. Louis, it's very, like, let's sweep everything under the rug mentality. Oh, we nice. don't talk about everything. Everything's fine. Our family can die, and we'll move on, and everybody's positive. Like, literally shit that's happened in my family, and they're very different than my mom, who's very I expressive about their Saint emotions Louis, and, like, yeah. could be a thing. No, but they're very, like, let's sweep everything under the rug kind of thing, and yeah. I don't know. It, was, it seems like every my family from St. Louis does that, but it's just... And so, I feel like even when I went to therapy with my dad multiple times, I same thing when you were talking about your therapist where you're like, can you tell me that I was right? And I talked to her and I was like, from a friend perspective, if you were actually, tra- take off your fucking hat, I'm a psych major, I want to go to school to be a whatever, just fucking tell me if my dad was being real or not because I feel like he was being fake. He does this thing in therapy where he crosses his legs in a way I've never seen a man cross his legs and he goes, oh yes, everything's great. Like it's literally so fake and I'm like wait but I thought we came to l-. like I want to yell at you and I want you to yell at me because yeah. I know it's going to be better after like yeah. I wanted to say fuck you to each other six times and be like okay are we good okay we're yeah. good because <laughs> that's how shit works that's how friendships works that's how everything works that's how we're li- not like volatile but just say a couple fuck yous and we love each other but that never happened it was always fake and I felt like he was trying to outsmart her and I yeah. asked her like do you think he was real? And she's like, I'm not allowed to tell you, but like, yeah, he's fake and you should just move on. And and that to me, not only as a therapist, but as a like friend almost was like, okay, so if somebody who's professional, who's went through school for this and has seen like multiple cases of people who try to outsmart them or don't take it seriously and don't want to work on the relationship... Because if you're trying to be fake and create a narrative that's more important to you than the relationship then just fuck that person sure. and that's that's like i that's similar to my dad like i and just I have, he's very like that doesn't like the therapy thing yeah i love therapists like that though
1: Right, like I think sometimes they need to cut the bullshit of like, how does that make you feel? Yeah, like if you find the I right wonder. one, yeah,
0: <laughs> like I w- And their voice goes up. I'm like, are you an opera singer? Because that yeah. that was pretty. That was a pretty high. Like this is weird. This is yeah.
1: getting weird. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mine actually had said to me, um, she goes, listen, I'm I'm not like I don't normally say this because when we were in couples therapy together, we also would be able to see her separately, and then in our in our sessions together, she would bring up what was said separately. Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. it's like, you're this semi-safe space, but not really, (laughs) because then she's going to bring it back in future conversations when we're all together in therapy. But one thing she had said to me, which she (laughs) did not bring up in group therapy, although I think she would have, was basic, because I brought it up to him first, which was, she looked at me one day and she goes, I'm just going to level with you. I think you need out of this relationship. She's like, I went home after I met you guys and I said to my husband, I have a new couple that came in today. She really wants to work on it. He's so checked out of it and she just doesn't see it yet. (gasps) And (sighs) I was like, really? And she goes, yep. I remember it like it was yesterday. She's like, here's the thing. I think you need to get your own apartment. I think you need to start separating your stuff. And she said, here's the thing. If you guys want to get back together, if in in these therapy sessions... Something goes amazing. And right. You that you want to, like, continue to be together. Super easy. You guys are renting. So you just, either he moves into your place or you guys get a new place together. It's really easy. And she's like, it's not a big deal. But right now, I think you need to be a part. She's like, because I don't think this is going where you want it to go. And you're putting in so much work and the effort's not being returned. I yeah, that's it where day. it comes in
0: where it's like you have to treat them like a person. You can't treat them like a client. That's it. You can't. And I was so glad You can't I watch surprised. people waste their lives away yeah. and not... Can, yeah.
2: can I quick, quick unrelated point? Yes, this not yes, please. Health. These microphones with the socks on them look very much like a sex toy or, an, or a very oddly symmetrical <laughs> Don't penis. they? I
0: give people Anything socks and I'm really, like, here, yeah. you can veil your microphone. Yeah. I'm like,
2: as I'm holding it's it, it's like, like I definitely sort of look, look like I'm about penis. to perform yeah. like fellatio on like a rather large <laughs> cleaner. Blah, blah,
0: blah. I know. They're very, uh, they're ver- well, yeah, they they got a lot of girth to them. Yeah. Can sure. I also I mean, say that, that, say
2: that, sad really that nice here. I'm sad
0: that Matt's not here? Matt Brown? I know. Shout out to Matt. I know he's not here. I think he has a show, so I hope he does well.
2: I'm sure he will Matt always does well He's fucking hilarious He requested He's like Could you please For the first five minutes Just talk about How good looking I am
0: Oh my (laughs) We didn't talk about that Way to fuck that one up Matt is
2: He's a dream
0: (laughs) Well now this is staged So I feel I feel uncomfortable That the topic was brought up But yes We love our light skinned Gay Amazing friend Matt He's my best friend We talk It's funny Because me and Matt It's like this podcast Like when it's like 40 minutes I'm like were they a good guest probably not (laughs) we don't even have to edit that up no but it's just like the longer i mean literally this is the longest like it's just a good conversation and yeah. with Matt me and Matt will be talking and I'm like wait Matt we've been talking for two hours like that's <laughs> the best show we're like the best friends are the friends that you can be on FaceTime for and like it's just a picture of the ceiling and you're just like yeah. you just like need each other's like being in heartbeats yeah. to be there and that's just like how me and Matt are so yeah. that's why we're you're I'm like can you be on the podcast yeah
1: right? <laughs> this
0: is and he's just like oh she'll wake up soon she'll come out of the sleep paralysis <laughs> Yeah, yeah that's, actually, that's just how we are, and I think those are the best friendships for sure. But that that happened in quarantine, where I was like, we can't. Can we just? Can you just be on my podcast because we talk a lot and you're great. He, he's and actually gonna come on our podcast. Oh, he is.
1: I yeah. don't think I know who that Matt is. would you know be. Is. The I'm you. gonna
0: endorse oh. it before it even comes about. Out. Oh, Matt would be the best podcast to talk about. Yeah. Relation. Matt's
1: just.
2: He's great. He's great. I, he, I did. I sent it. you his Instagram before.
1: I know you sent me so many. <laughs>
0: It down. This. No, that's good. Matt, this is all the stuff Matt needs. Tell me how many Instagram posts you sent to Jenna because he needs the boost. <laughs> he loves that shit. He's like, please keep talking about me. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to say thank you guys so much for doing the podcast. I wanted to ask you guys because I know like we didn't get we got into like stories about your divorce and relationships and things like that. We didn't really get into like The, like, depression or, like, the things that you guys have experienced personally. But I really love and I, like, really enjoyed the talk about therapy. This was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, like, if because we talked about therapy so much, like, what is each of yours advice on somebody who maybe, like, is in therapy and feels like they don't have anything to talk about? Sure. And they're just kind of, like, going through the motions. And then also somebody who, um, like, doesn't want to go to therapy. And not because they're too smart. They just, like, are scared. Can I, can I go? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. So as someone who definitely spent a long time feeling like I was like too smart, too self-aware to like benefit from therapy Mm -hmm. and as someone who like benefited from it, but then reached a point where I was like, Oh, I'm good. I don't need this shit anymore. And clearly like you do. um, I think from a perspective of just being like a healthy human being, it's something that should be a part of like most people's lives. And since we talk about relationships, it's like having a good relationship depends on being mentally healthy. And if you go and you're not getting – you feel like you don't get something out of it on a week-to-week basis, you know, there are some things, like Jenna said, like just talking about random things and seeing what triggers can come up. But I also think that, like, making changes in your life and having healthy things in your life in general is all about, like, patterns and things that are, like, repeatable and creating a pattern where you, like, go to therapy and you, like, talk. And if you have, like, a four-week, six-week, eight-week period where you don't need to talk – maybe go bi-weekly maybe like decrease the frequency a little bit but i think having it consistently is like super important and as someone like i can be cocky as fuck. obviously i'm like damaged but i think i literally when i said i'm brilliant like that's really me i think that and (coughs) pardon me and for the longest time like i would not go to therapy so if you're out there and you're like oh my god i'm the smartest guy ever i'm not gonna benefit (laughs) from it you're gonna benefit from it like go to fucking therapy if you don't like the person try another person if you don't like that person try another person keep trying people until you find someone you're comfortable with and when you find the right person i think it will make sense why you're doing it and you will feel more benefit from it and you'll get more out of it
0: yeah i love that i think that's a great
1: answer the only thing i'm going to add to that is that i think we need to normalize therapy yeah and i think (laughs) millennial generation and below has done a great job at that i've seen so many funny memes out there about like and it's like boomers whisper I went to the doctor the other day for my brain and then millennials are are like oh I went to my therapist like four times the other day and she didn't call me back when I like needed to call her like we just don't care right like and I think that's what's so great about times lately is that um I think it's so important to normalize mental health and um getting help for whatever you need right whatever that may be whether it's an addiction whether it's you know, depression, whatever, right? Anxiety, I think it's really important to seek out health. Like, we as humans go and get our hair done, right? We go to the dentist to get our teeth cleaned. Why would we not go to a therapist who helps with the largest part? Like it's the most. It's important your brain. whole life. It's your brain. It controls your whole body. Like why would we not do maintenance on it? Like you. Don't it have makes you go to your do doctor appointments.
0: Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> like yeah. literally, take care of yourself.
1: Totally, and I think that's I think that's what people forget, and it used to carry such a stigma. Maybe like our parents' generation. Yeah. But. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I know, so. it, and it
0: isn't, but I notice the difference for sure. And I think people want to like deflect from what's actually going sure. on with that. But yeah. I definitely like, I could sit here and be like, I'm on this medication, this medication, this medication to you guys. And I wouldn't feel restricted from saying that. Sure. But when I get around
2: that's just my friend's you heard parents, me crazy for and I hours. like,
0: even <laughs> even when I said like, at my, my friend has like family dinner. And I was like, oh yeah, I run a mental health podcast where people have been in like a psych ward. And like, I felt so weird saying that even though like it's like I know it's cool and it's fun and it's a great thing to help out people um I I felt I felt insecure and I don't think that anybody's judging me but I felt insecure because I know that that's more jarring to them versus if I said it to you guys like it's it's more of an insecurity because I know that that generation doesn't feel like wait what what yeah sure. they probably think it's like a comedy like podcasts like we just make jokes or whatever old people think we do (laughs) like whatever the comedy podcasts are which I don't know what they are but like they probably think since I do stand up like I'm just trying to be funny or something and I'm like no this is what I do and I really want to help this community and whatever I feel so different saying that and I think that that just speaks to how but that's with everything that's with racism and feeling like sure. I can talk to you about how the riots are okay and people are allowed to loot. And then I have to explain myself to the older generation who are like, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, You know, like, I think that that, but that's with everything. And sure. yeah, it's a hard adjustment. Um, you guys run a great podcast. You want to tell the audience a little bit about sure. what that is?
2: Um, <coughs> pardon me as I clear my throat again. Mm-hmm. Uh, So we host a podcast. We don't smoke weed at all.
0: No, never. Um, Nobody ever ever. smokes weed, and it doesn't help with mental health, and I do not support the legalization of weed. the,
2: The cadence of my voice has not dramatically gotten slow over the time we've recorded, but... So now here comes broadcast voice. So we have a podcast called Menage Pod. It is a comedy podcast about sex, dating, and relationships, Jenna and myself, we actually met on Bumble, which is kind of our funny little angle. Yes, so, we
0: didn't mention that. Yeah, we, we Even met though on we Bumble. talked about your guys' tension for twenty minutes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we did meet on Bumble and then quickly became friends and it was a journey to our friendship becoming solid and then we started this podcast. Um, kind of as a like a little one off, like scratch at it, creative itch and have some fun with it and Got lucky with some great guests, including yourself. Thank and you. I wanna say thank you because of all of our episodes, there's a handful oh, that have thanks. gotten like a lot of great feedback from people who have been like this truly like helped me or impacted oh, me. oh that means so and much. Your episode That's we got dope. like a lot of that yeah. about your episode. Thank, thank you. you so oh, that you makes me you, feel
0: really good
2: you don't know what comedy podcast is sometimes i tell dick jokes sometimes we try to heal people's lives yeah we're trying to make the world better yeah yeah so if you want to check us out um follow us on instagram at menage podcast you can follow jenna Spell menage
0: pod because if M- i was listening, i'd be like what's that podcast
2: m-e-n-a-g-e-a-p-o-d-c-a-s-t that's on instagram Follow Jenna Grish, G E N A G R I S H, and then me T J at Chicago Cafe. Doing my Racer. jobs again.
0: Thank you. I was gonna be like, do you guys want any Instagrams to plug? But you took care oh, so oh, of that. Oh, you Thank you very much. Wait, I wanted to ask you one question before we wrap it up. I know you had coronavirus, sure so did. okay, explain that a little bit, maybe in like a couple minutes, sure. and then maybe like how it affected your mental health, because I 100%. obviously. It, yeah. Definitely oh, probably for sure.
2: did. It definitely did. So as someone who like told you I had meningitis, I've had some like pretty serious health issues in my life. Um,
0: so You're literally a survivor of COVID. The 100%. fact that you are like high risk and had men, because like I have somebody in my family who's high sure. risk and I know that like that would, like I can't imagine if that person got COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
2: was, it was brutal. So like I was, I was in an on and off again relationship for a couple of years with someone who worked in a uh, medical field. We were at a gathering in like early March where almost everyone there ended up getting it um i was there one of their, the buildings that they worked at had like 80 cases of it um actually in her neighborhood not far from her neighborhood and oh. i got real sick you know i have a couple pre-existing conditions and high fever 104 again uh was like sweating through my clothes that's like oh that's like whatever yeah, just <laughs> like use, a I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a fucking i'm like half cyborg i just like weather the most crazy shit ever yeah so super high fever just like real fucked up uh The progression of symptoms over, like, two weeks was, like, so brutal. I didn't eat – I literally put zero food in my body for, like, 15 straight days. I lost, like, over 20 pounds. Um – Every symptom you could think of, like coughing, fever, pounding headaches, vision symptoms, ringing ears. I
0: told people about your Facebook status because my cousin also had it, and you said you threw up every time. Oh, dude, it felt like
2: it felt. Yeah, I knew
0: somebody. Yeah, that my cousin had it. Yeah,
2: and it felt like someone was like stabbing me behind my eardrums, (gasps) like just the pressure in my head, and then like Uh the three or four day period where it was the worst. I I swear to God, I laid naked. 24 hours a day on my kitchen floor on the just like the, the cold because my temperature was so high and I was like I felt like I was fucking dying and the girl that I was dating had it as well but her case was like not bad and while we were going through it we were actually breaking up um which was like <laughs> fucking intense and
0: oh my god but it gets better so
2: you know as someone like we have this podcast and I'm a photographer and I'm where's like, my
0: wine <laughs> I know I like just went to go take no.
2: them I was like oh this, and this is this is the tidy wrap-up so as, as like, you know, do i try to do this content creation. I'm trying to break into comedy and whatever. I put myself out there a lot. Uh, a girl that I went to high school with is a producer for WGN, she saw the same Facebook status you saw. And she reached out and was like, hey, come on the news. And we like want to interview about your experience. And by then I was probably like 15, 16 days into it. I was like still sick, but I was starting to be able to like function. But I looked
0: 15 terrible. 15 days. Like people have fever like normally for like, what, 48 hours? Yeah, I was yeah, fucking
2: destroyed. It's crazy. But it gets better. So I go on WGN. I do this interview the following day they put it up on youtube and immediately it is like slammed with like covid deniers and (gasps) people saying that i was so i said that i had a pre-existing condition but i didn't say what it was hundreds of comments saying that i had aids saying that i was gay uh saying like literally whatever then people because in the in the article or in the Whatever, they mentioned that I was a photographer. So they found like all my business social media pages and spammed every fucking post I had, like calling me a faggot, saying I've (gasps) AIDS, like and then I'd like it took so much time This
0: took such a turn. Oh yeah.
2: And you, Holy and, fuck! And dude. the crazy. The, so the girl I was dating and
0: who had coronavirus. Yeah, and let had coronavirus alone
2: the And the girl, the girl I was dating, I was like, I called her like literally almost in tears. And I was like, Oh my god, there's like hundred people on YouTube right now. This thing's been up like an hour, and everyone's saying that I'm like gay and I have AIDS. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm like a liberal dude. I have what gay friends. F- I have friends who okay. are HIV positive. If that's your life, I. Yeah, but no, that's just so far
0: fetched from what's going on. Like, not even that's just like what?
2: Yeah, and people saying that I was like an actor, and someone, one person was like, made a joke about me taking (laughs) the like the job of an anchor, and the amount of people have
0: two followers. By uh, the way. (laughs) Oh yeah,
2: well, my ex girlfriend, she was like, well, that's what you get for putting yourself out there. You shouldn't have gone on the news. She was the worst. I'll say that. I don't throw too many people under the bus. Like I try to be careful of other people's feelings. She was fucking the worst. So.
0: Wow, so was was COVID worse than the aftermath, or was the aftermath worse than the COVID?
2: I'll tell you one so dating related COVID thing. <laughs> Holy
0: fuck! When you're a COVID like, survivor, oh my it makes you a
2: safe option. So I was like newly single. I was like on the apps as the world was opening up. It was like I was getting antibody tests like constantly because I was like a guinea pig, and so like I always knew I didn't have it. And like I'd match on the dating apps, and people would be like testing out the waters, like, oh, how do you do this? Do you do like social distance? And I would point blank be like. I'll send you the YouTube clip. Like, I'm a survivor. I have antibodies. You're not going to get it.
0: (laughs) Just copy and paste the link.
1: Marketer of yourself. It
2: worked out well.
0: Yeah. His eyes are very bright, if anybody's wondering. I had a solid
2: post-COVID run.
0: Oh, my goodness. Spoken
2: like a true mentally healthy human being.
0: (laughs) Um, Validate
2: um, me, please.
0: Yes. Everybody. Well, you can. Do you want to give your last name for Bumble?
2: (laughs) No.
0: <laughs> are we plugging that? Do you have ads on Bumble? I don't know. I'm I, I wish. Um, I, I'm going to say just this.
1: Slide into your DMs like everyone else does. You'll be fine.
0: Yeah.
2: The yeah. last like 6 people I dated came from DMs.
0: DMs are a thing. They're incredible. They're a thing. Yeah. Wow. On that note. On that note, everybody, thank you so much. Thank you guys for doing the podcast, by Our the pleasure. way. Forgot we to say that. The best. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for being here, and thank you so much for listening to Doing Time.